We're your health and safety angels, Daisy Silcock and Lindsay Mason. Health and safety, busting the barriers. Hello, welcome back to the health and safety angels with me, Daisy, and me, Lindsay Mason. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? I didn't know you were gonna. I thought, Is she there? <laughs> She's gonna say something. <laughs> How are you? Oh, good, thank you. Busy week, been out and about training on site, um, which involves a lot more travel. What, and, um, what has been the best thing about this week so far for you? Um, I wonder if I can say, maybe a bit secret. Um, I've been at Pinewood Studios Ooh. and I, I, I have to say there's two good things because number one, I actually had some really lovely delegates and I feel like I made friends this week, which oh. has been really nice. They were so wonderful. Sometimes people just leave like at lunchtime and go off and have their lunch and I just have to sit in the training room and eat my lunch on my own. And they um, they took me to the canteen with them and I felt like part of the team, which is quite nice because I'm human too, right? Well, Definitely. Yeah. Like you people used to think their teachers lived at school. <laughs> yes. They don't have families, do they? <laughs> and lives. Uh, and people sometimes just see me as a tutor and off they go and come back again but yeah this bunch were just really cool to me it was nice felt felt like I had friends for a couple of days because when you're a freelance tutor you don't have you don't have colleagues do you know absolutely 100% agree and there's some people that I want to go will you be my friend outside of school um (laughs) because some people like you just click with and you're like I really like you and it's hard when you're grown up isn't it because children just walk up to one another and go will you be my friend I want to be able to do that. Do you think it's difficult. Do you think it would be weird if I Oh yeah, it would be, wouldn't I it? I mean I pretty much do that. I just sometimes just like latch on to people. But you know, uh, Leona who we met this week, she looked after me and was, was my friend. And actually texted me to say thanks, it was really nice to have you training. And I texted her back and said, Thanks. I'm just currently drinking wine. <laughs> Obviously. That is just your standard. <laughs> That's just like copy and paste. <laughs> predictive text oh that's so true no, no one needs to say hi Linz what are you up to just hi Linz how's your glass of wine what colour oh uh, red mm, okay don't you remember you got me the Gary Barlow wine oh yes was it Gary, was it Gary Barlow or was it, Gra- it was, Graham it? Norton no. or something it was a celebrity was... wine anyway yeah it was yeah. <laughs> oh the memories <laughs> um, and the other thing I think it was really cool this week because I was a Pinewood yeah um, lots of Movies have been filmed there yeah. over the years. And I got to stand on the Mary Poppins Bridge. Cute. The original, like it's in their garden still. So that was super fun. I mean, maybe it wasn't super fun, but I thought it was quite cool that I was standing yeah. on the bridge. I went to the section where they filmed all the Carry On films. Oh, matron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. I could have said that when I was there. That would have been. You should have done. You should have done that thing where you sort of nestle your ha- arms underneath your breasts, you know. And oh no, that's. That... Don't want to... I'm trying to think. That's not that, is it? That's not the Carry On films, is it? And I don't want to kick, get kicked off the site. <laughs> Sorry, might... you only complete hey, two days. Hey, you might get more business. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, everybody wants Irish managing yes, just from Lindsay. <laughs> and what's been your highlight this week? What have you been up to? What's been my highlight this week? Oh, do you know? Oh, um, we had uh, we had a remember went to remembrance service um, oh, on yes. Sunday, and 
that was lovely. I really enjoyed that. I always, do you know, I one of the things I think we do well in the UK is ceremonies. I think we're very good at a ceremony, you know, all the pomp and stuff. I think we're very good at that in the UK. Um, so do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. yeah like well, all... we had two two days of it, really, because we had the the whole remembrance Which was day the was on the Saturday. Yes, yes. Well, this was on the, this was on the Sunday, and uh, my little boy, he's in Cubs, so he was marching with the Cubs. Oh, um, I remember mine doing that. That was cute. Yeah, it was. It was really nice. But work wise, oh, I don't know really. I've read a, a very very interesting report into the HSC, and this was a report put together by a union. And uh, they were basically talking about how underfunded the HSE are and how short we are on, on inspectors and uh, and that sort of thing, which is really worrying, actually, to be honest. Um, and seeing that literally sort of 40 percent down on, on, say, 10 years ago on the number of inspectors. Wow. So um, and- what's their what's their outcome from that? Like we just the government allocating less money or there's more businesses or i'm assuming so and also one of the things in the reports was actually saying that hse inspectors are are sort of an 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 aging breed and there's not enough young people coming in and part of that is the fact that actually safety consultants now are being paid more than hse inspectors so if you want to start out as an HSE inspector, you need like a certain level of qualifications, which mm. because it's such a high level of qualifications, people actually who have those could get more if they work in the private sector. Oh, well, it's the same with scaffold instructors. Mm. Um, they they earn more out in the field, like if they go abroad mm. as, a, as a scaffolder mm. than if they are here delivering training. And we need instructors because we don't have enough people being trained no exactly so you're fighting a battle do you think do you think you'd ever would you ever like to be an hsc inspector in my head yes because i do have a massive respect for them and and their level of knowledge and I, i do think it's important to have the right people liaising with businesses Mm. but like we just said about making friends, you can't really do that as an inspector. I guess you could make friends with your other inspectors. <laughs> <laughs> like a little inspector's conference. <laughs> little inspector crew. Yes. <laughs> I... Well, I've got, I've got a backup now. So if I don't carry on with health and safety, I've now got another trade. Oh, God. Are you allowed to say it on here? I must be. Oh. <laughs> Had you going then, didn't I? <laughs> you have to put your credit card details in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew where you were going then. Yes. Um, no, I've been on a plastering course. I know you have. And I genuinely thought, I couldn't, I couldn't quite believe it. I thought it was a load of, the picture I saw, which you're going to have to put it on the, on the Instagram or whatever now so people can see it. I thought the picture of all those builders in a room was them working on your kitchen. And it wasn't. It's you on a scaffolding. Not a scaffolding. A um, pasta course. Plastery course. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. I um, it, It's amazing how many people before I went, where I'd said, oh, I'm going on a plastering course because I'm doing DIY and I want to be able to do it for myself. And they said, oh, plastering is a difficult job. People take years to do that. That's my builder's voice. People take years to do that. That's, that, that, that's a really difficult trade. And I was thinking, well, 
I believe as long as you've got the right personality, right mindset, that you can actually learn anything. And it might take a bit of a while, but you can. I did two walls and a ceiling. How did you and reach was, the ceiling? Did you stand, well, this did is you stand the, on someone's shoulders? This is one problem <laughs> that uh, it's it definitely does pay dividends if you've got a little bit of extra height on you. Yeah. Five foot three isn't very beneficial. Because when you do a ceiling, you have to use the whole, um, like, hold your arm out to the left and then drag it all the way across your head and across to the right so you get this long stretch of plaster but you can't possibly do that when you're standing on a step stool no so i had to do a ceiling in three sections whereas the six foot two lads that could stand on the floor could just do one whoosh of plaster what about a trestle could you use a trestle you know well like a table no not a trestle Trestle table. No, like a little mini working platform type thing. Oh, well, I could take my own aluminium tower. Okay. <laughs> well, there's not, there's not enough room. I can imagine you, uh, somebody going, right, Lindsay's plastering services. And then you come up with like full risk assessment, permit to work. You can know. you still use stilts? Do you know? I don't know Ooh, if you can still use stilts. Still, well, it's you, still working at home, at, you can. It's still working at high, isn't it? So yeah. you'd have to risk assessment. Do you know what they did ask me? So we ended, we finished the Saturday. And um, they said to me, are you like this every day? And I said, yeah, wait till you see me tomorrow morning at 8am. And they all went, oh, because <laughs> oh, it's a weekend course. So I'm like this all the time. Perky. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's all that wine. You're actually just drunk, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's Graham Norton or Gary Barlow wine or whatever. Yes. Oh, oh well, but well, it was a bit, well like, done, you. It was fun. Well done, Thank you. you. That's really awesome. I feel quite accomplished. Yes. So if health and safety doesn't work out for me, then anyone needs any walls plastering? Get in touch. And they will be the safest walls ever. That's a little bit wonky. <laughs> yes. You can't. Don't ask for your ceiling though. Just walls only. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just do what and only short walls. <laughs> yeah. Short. Short. Yes. Small ceilings. <laughs> little little garden walls only. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Life is fun. Life is good. So, um, a couple of things I just wanted to talk about. I sound like I've suddenly gone really serious. Uh, it was a, I was having fun then. <laughs> Sorry. Um, firstly, please follow us on on our podcasts. So, if you know, then you get notified when we release one. Uh, so that would be awesome. And also, if you're on our Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a review. Um, preferably a nice one, but all reviews are treated equally. <laughs> right. Genuine reviews are better than made up stuff. I think uh, there is definitely one on there. I'm going to have a little look. Oh no, what if it plays? Oh. What was that? I'm trying to look at the reviews on um, oh, Apple Podcasts, but it's a random bit of. And bit of while, whilst you're having a look at that, I also wanted to mention something else. Now, some of our listeners will be. Um, uh, probably members of organisations like IOSH or the Institute of Risk Management, for example. And undoubtedly, part of your membership criteria will require you to do continuous professional development. Uh, I know I'm a member of IOSH, for example, and I have to do 30, year, 30 years, 30 hours of continuous professional development. Now, so remember, of course, these podcasts could very much count towards your CPD. So this is something that could get you towards achieving those uh, 
those yearly requirements to keep your skills up to date and refreshed. It doesn't always have to be new knowledge. It can just be refreshing existing knowledge. So if you're already in safety, this could be uh, a, a great little uh, CPD activity as well. So where we're always saying, oh, we need to we need to talk a little bit less and get the, the episode shorter. Actually, we're doing society a favour. <laughs> the longer the podcast, the more CPD hours you get. Yeah, exactly. So we don't have to feel so bad. No, not at all. Um, so did you did you did you have a look? Have we got a review? Every time I press it, it plays the podcast because I was in the middle of listening to one. So oh. I'll, I'll have to. I'll... It's too technical. This will be a dot, technical. dot, dot. You could just turn yeah. the volume down in your phone when you, you're trying to have a look. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. This is, she, can I, plaster, this... she can plaster a wall. She <laughs> can stand on the Mary Poppins bridge. She can do lines from the Carry On movie, but she cannot turn the volume down on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, you know, I think the best thing is, like, if someone comes on a Zoom virtual course... Uh, as an example, and their sound's not working, they can't hear you, you can't hear them. I always send a little message and say, log out and log back in again. And it works every time, every time. The simple stuff is mm. the winner. Mm, definitely. Definitely, I find that. Have you done it yet? Oh, I stopped doing it. Okay, okay. I think we do have a review. Anyway, this is a call. Leave us a review if you haven't already. That would be awesome. Because obviously we do this out of the goodness of our heart. We're not getting any pay or money or anything like that for it. That wasn't the purpose behind it. Um, But uh, it's just nice to hear. It's nice to get that little pat on the back. You know? It is. I've I've had some direct messages. I had um, someone on LinkedIn sent a message to me saying they'd just driven from Newcastle to Scotland and had a little of a binge listen, and they absolutely loved it, and got a new follower now. So that was really nice. Yeah, we had we've had some um, comments on our on our Instagram, health and safety dot, dot angels. Yes, um, we've had some comments on there as well, haven't we? Saying new listeners and stuff, which is always nice. Yeah, and it's not just my mum liking stuff, which is quite Aww. nice. Hi, Lindsay's mum. She's very supportive about it. <laughs> She's proud of me, finally. I am as well. I'm proud of you. Thanks, dude. You are pretty cool. And I think I think the, the thing I'm most proud of is that we are showing people that there is another side to safety. You don't have to be the stereotypical suit, dry sense of humour, monotone voice, because that has been a large part of health and safety the way people view health and safety for a long time. Absolutely, bring in a bit of fresh air. I think. I think definitely. Um, if you look, if you take it down to sort of brass tacks, all we're trying to do is stop you from dying. Okay, yeah. so that's not really. Uh, most people don't want to die, so it's not really like we're doing anything bad. But because of the snore-worthiness in the past. But also, I think just safety was different in general. It was much more about don't do this, don't do that, rather than, yeah, do it, but just do it safely, you know? Right. And I think we've spent a long time being or or working with people that actually haven't had the a way of understanding safety, but actually businesses are starting to engage with training a lot more. A lot more. and, And people are getting the opportunity to find out that health and safety isn't just a bunch of grumpy people sitting in a room going, how can we make everybody's life boring and difficult? 
and actually is is a, a decent industry with some really good people that have got hearts of gold. They just want to make sure people are safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Totally. So today, what are we doing today? What's the purpose, other than having a chin wag, um, what's the purpose of today's session? I don't know. Are we not just having a chin wag? No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe we should just call it that. This is just a chat session. Chin wag week. Yes. Uh, well, we have got some specials coming up though, haven't we? Ooh, We've matron. Two... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, such good placement. Um, yeah, we've got two special episodes coming up that we're going to release over um, what our Christmas period, when people listen to this in the future, obviously. Don't worry, Christmas might not be coming up that quickly. Um, but while it's Christmas, we're going to get some pre-recorded specials out so that while well, people have got a bit more time to listen, mm-hmm. um, one of them is two hours and the other one is an hour. So there's some real cool content coming up over christmas so yes you could literally when you know when you've got that point where your jeans you can't do your jeans up anymore and your family are just driving you mad you can just sit back and listen to me and lynn's yeah or say you're going for a walk to listen to your podcast yeah and um go outside for some fresh air and, and spend some quality time with us yes and also you know burn off some of those mince pies yes well if anybody's ever been on on a diet plan uh, that involves points. A mince pie is seven points. I actually, even though I'm not currently watching my weight or watching what I eat, I still find it really difficult to eat a mince pie just because I know that four mince pies takes me well over the daily allowance That's, of food. I mean, what gets me, like, funnily enough, actually, there was a guy on my course today who was eating a mince pie, and I said, surely that counts as one of your five a day. <laughs> it's just full of raisins. <laughs> It's literally, it's like a little box of raisins you got as a kid. It's like a snack at school. That's basically covered in pastry, you know? Oh, Christmas does bring joy, but also it's a long time to work it off afterwards. No, who cares, hey? Well, I do, but I've got Ibiza next year, so I've got no mince pies for now. Okay. Um, But in the meantime, before I go off to Ibiza and party like I'm 20, when I'm 40, I'll be 43 by then, we are back with the Health and Safety at Work Act, Section 2. We've covered 2.1, 2.2, and we are now moving on to 2.3. So I'm going to read the big words... And the official legal phrase from 2.3. It shall be the duty of every employer to prepare and as often as may be appropriate, revise a written statement of his general policy with respect to the health and safety at work of his employees and the organisation and arrangements for the time being in force for carrying out that policy and to bring the statement and any revision of it to the notice of all his employees. It's not as hard to read as before. Well, well, yeah. It's a really long sentence. That's what it makes it more difficult as well, isn't it? Okay, so it shall, it's a must. Um, Every employer must prepare a health and safety policy. Uh, That's a legal requirement to do so. Yes. So policy, what do they mean by policy now i wanted to bring up the web page on the hse and i had it set up and i closed down the tab so i'm going to go back in and do it okay so do you want do you want me to whilst you're doing that shall i fill in for you 
Yeah, go on then. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so health and safety policy effectively is a, a framework, really, for setting objectives, goals, things that you want to do. So a simple one would be preventing accidents, preventing illness, preventing harm, those sorts of things. Um, and of course, the purpose of the policy is that it sets out those things, those goals, those things you'd like to do. But then, of course, you need to actually have the ability to achieve those goals. So if you say, oh, I want to uh, reduce accidents or I want to prevent people being ill from work activities. Fantastic. Great goal. But then you need to be able to do that thing. You need to have the sort of backup, etc., to be able to do that. Right. It's not like a, a Tinder profile where people can put false information out and get away with it. What you put on there, you're going to have to show that you can achieve that. Yes. I mean, uh, that's the purpose of it. So whatever you set yourself up as, whatever these goals are, don't set yourself up for failure, basically. Um, so, you know, some people, some organisations will be quite specific with their uh, goals. So they might say, for example, we want to reduce workplace manual handling injuries by 5% in the next 12 months. OK, lovely. Love that very specific, setting yourself up with something that you're going to measure and, you know, you keep on top of. But only set yourself that if you can actually do it, because otherwise you're sort of creating this false sense of reality. Um, and of course, it has to be something, whatever this goals are or this list of goals is usually several different goals that you would have. They should be helping you to meet your legal requirements, uh, especially as we've already discussed in previous episodes, things like those that are written in uh, 2.2 of the Health and Safety at Work Act. Um, but also they should be things that work in line with your whatever the business operation is. So they need to work hand in hand with your other business goals. Well, it's, one side of it is it's not a tick box. You have to do it. And there are certain things that, you, that you're going to put in there, but you're not doing it just to comply. You're doing it because it's got to be what you genuinely want to achieve. Yes. And it says that this thing does have to be written, a written statement. So that's important as well, because this is an opportunity for us to have a formal document that we can then share with people. We can display it. We can email it out to people. Um, so it, it's that record as well. At that moment in time, this is the commitment. Go to the HSE website, which I'm going to tell you what they've got in a second. It does say if you have five or more employees, you must write your policy down. If you have fewer than five employees, you do not have to write anything down, but it's useful to do so. But that's just on the HSE website. That's not written in the law, is it? No, not in the Health and Safety at Work Act. And I I would say that you, if you're going to have policies and procedures and things like this, then I I would always have them written down. You know, why would you, why would you not? You know, exactly. yeah, I agree. Um, because it's that it's that record at that moment in time. We are uh, agreeing, confirming, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it's really important that. 
Agree. And this, uh, I think it's also really important that we have to share that policy with other people. But in my younger days, I remember starting a job and part of the induction was to read the health and safety policy. However, at that point in my life, I had no idea what a health and safety policy was. So if we're saying, here's our health and safety policy, please read it and, and sign to say you've read it. If the person that's reading it doesn't know why they're reading it or what they're supposed to be getting from it I just don't see it's achieving very much no. so for me a little bit of an intro to people about what the health and safety policy is and the fact that it's a statement from your employer to say what they want to achieve with health and safety would actually go a long way I mean a lot of people that don't know what health and safety policy actually is yeah yeah absolutely and because of the fact that it's signed or should be signed by the 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 person who has that overall accountability for safety um so typically it would be you know the sort of the ceos the managing directors those sorts of roles it's it's them endorsing this it's them saying this is my policy to you staff members you know and to anyone else for example you know it could be you could be that you've Business is open to members of the public as well. And so it would incorporate them within that as well. But it's there, it, it's them saying, this is what I am going to make sure happens. And of course, because of the fact that it's signed by this person who is senior, who is in leader, you know, a leader, as it were, of the organization, or it could be people, it might be more than one person, of course. Um, they're usually the person that's holding the purse strings as well, aren't they? So they can make it happen if they want to. If they really want to do what's in that policy, they can then provide the resources and, and all the rest of it to to make it really occur. But it's, it, it sounds quite scary, but it's actually a really simple document. And the mm. HSE have given us a page on the website that actually step by step tells you what the policy is, what we have to do, how to write it. And they even give you a template. Yes, yes. So it's it's not something that anyone needs to be scared of. Um, but what you do have to do is truly consider what do you want to achieve? What what aims and objectives do you have as a business? And it will change over time. So when things change, you update it uh, and share it out again to make sure that it's in line with your current aims and objectives. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to that page and I'm going to go to an example that they've given so they've got their part one which is their statement of intent what do they want to achieve and they've got a number of different topics and I won't read them all out but just as an example the first one is this template policy that they've created for a fake company there they want to prevent accidents and cases of work-related ill health I like that Mm -hmm. Manage health and safety risks in the workplace. Provide clear instructions and information and adequate training to ensure employees are competent to do their work. So it's a really straightforward list of basic objectives about what they want to do with people in the workplace and keeping them safe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it... it, it in some organisations, this policy, as Lindsay said, is going to be the size of it, what it covers, 
is going to be proportionate to your organization. So if you have a fairly low risk organization, maybe it's like an office or a shop or something like that, the template that they have on the HSU websites can be perfect for you. The more complicated the working environment comes, then obviously potentially it's going to need to be more in depth and have more information in it and be more targeted based on certain types of hazards. If you've got an organization, uh, you know, something like the NHS, for example, you know, if you're NHS England or something like that, your policy is going to be a lot bigger than, you know, the, 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 the beauty salon in your local town, you know. Um, but the important thing is that they both have one. You know, right. They meet those requirements. So the first section is that statement statement of intent signed by the, the the people that in those positions of authority seniority and this policy the statement of intent needs to be available to everybody and any time it's it or any part of the policy is updated as the law says we have to bring revisions so any changes to the attention of our employees so even if that's just to simply pinging around an email saying, by the way, the health and safety policies uh, been updated. Please have a look at the new version, you know. One myth, I think, that I come across a lot is it has to be done every year. And what I find is on notice boards, you'll have one, for example, 17th of February 2022. And people think that the 17th of February 2023, you need to take that down, print out, exactly the same health and safety policy but with a new date and get it signed again it doesn't work like that does it no no i mean it's it, it it's got to be keep, kept relevant and up to date um so the reason why people may review it every 12 months is to check it is still relevant and up to date um but it's going to differ again. If things don't change within your organisation from year on year, then you wouldn't need to review it every year. You know, um, it, it really is sort of, you know, specific to each different organisation. However, there may be external things that change outside of the organisation. If, even if your business doesn't change, it might be that the laws changed. And that might then you might think, right, I might need to look at my policy again. You know, or it might be that something big has changed within the organization. Maybe you've moved location, maybe you've moved offices or something like that. Or maybe you've just taken on a load of new staff members because you're expanding. That might call you to think, well, this policy may no longer be up to date and relevant. So let me have a review of it. Right. But it's not like your insurances that go up that you have to put a fresh up to date one every year at an expiry time because it doesn't expire but it may need updating as the business changes yes and i think a lot of companies do actually decide that they're going to to set themselves a review period so they might go every 12 months every two years every five years so that at very least if nothing else alters even if nothing else sparks a review sooner they know every two years or whichever date they set themselves, they're going to just double check it's still up, correct, you know. Right. Well, then that leads us to part two, which is then responsibilities for health and safety, because actually that may yeah. change as well. Um, just because we're talking about getting more staff or staff changing, mm. MDs change, 
senior management change and we might even change the duties and pass them to different people depending on how the business is growing. So we've got in part two, section one, you've got to name the person that has overall and final responsibility for health and safety. Then section two is potentially someone different, potentially not, depends on the size of your business again and different roles, but day-to-day responsibility for ensuring that that policy is in practice, is actually out there in the workplace. Uh, And section three, to ensure health and safety standards are maintained slash improved, the following people have responsibility in the following areas. So then we've got names of people that have got specific duties Mm. like the um, responsibility for keeping a check on or improving risk assessments, um, first aid, uh, monitoring of how we're doing with our control measures, emergency procedures, training. Anything else? Well, yeah, so the the, the, the format of this organisation section would potentially look different to... Uh, again, different organisations. Yours there, obviously, on that example, is is, is sort of detailing it out. But some organisations will have things like little organisation charts that show, right, who feeds into who. Um, And basically, the purpose of this section is to clearly identify which job role is doing what, so that all the things that we need to do to achieve those objectives that are in the statement of intent are going to happen. So this, like you say, it's going to have the people at the top of the tree, the directors, the senior managers, because, of course, they're going to be the ones that are ultimately going to be responsible and they're going to be the people uh, sort of uh, allocating resources. And then we'll have things like maybe your health and safety manager, your health and safety uh, advisor who will feed in off them uh, providing them with competent advice and maybe others like occupational health that sort of thing as well and then there'll be that layer of mini mini management middle management which as you say are the sort of day-to-day responsibilities so you know they're going to carry out things like risk assessments and writing safe systems of work and that sort of thing which all feeds in to achieving the aims um, and then you might have supervisors or team leaders or something like that, which may be on a more, uh, you know, checking compliance with the is the procedure being followed, um, that sort of thing. I think it's a good exercise as well, actually, to for you when you're writing this to say, can I actually achieve it that way? Because, you know, sometimes you say, oh, I need to get this done. I've got to get that done. I need to get this done. And you get to the end of the day and think there was no way I was going to get all of that done. If I'd have sat down and thought, this is how long this takes, this is how long that takes, I I, I wouldn't have set myself up for failure in the first place. So actually by writing down people and then what you're expecting them to do, you can genuinely look at that and go, is that achievable? Or am I trying to put too much onto one person? Yeah. Because I think it's easy to do that, isn't it? Oh, we've got to achieve this. Health and safety says we must do it. It's an absolute duty. So let's just do this, 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 this and this. But if it's not going to be achievable, it's actually going to have a massive impact on not achieving it or the people that are doing it are under way too much pressure to get it done. And it may then start to affect your everyday business activities in your day job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So it's, it's... Um, 
it, it's it's kind of making it fair, isn't it? Really, it's making it it's spreading stuff out. But it also means that if you're this per, you know, you're the office manager, and in the policy under the this section, the organisation section, it says that the office manager's role is to investigate accidents. Then we know who to go and speak to if an accident needs investigating. Um, you know, so it's that it, it clearly identifies to everyone who works for the company who is meant to do what. And so there should be then it should be clear if somebody comes and they've been asked by the office manager, oh, could you do this risk assessment? Could you could you did you uh, um, investigate this accident on my behalf? That's not my job. You're meant to do that. And all of these people who have these job roles need to be competent to complete those job roles. So if the if the supervisor is the one who's carrying out a workplace inspection, well, they need to be able to be, you know, to do that. They need to be competent to do that. So and again, it's that black and white. It's that there's no there's no way to hide in this. There's that transparency. We all know what we're all meant to do. So we all just need to get on with it, you know, and, and do these things to be able to fulfill that old overall goal of keeping people safe. Competency is a difficult word, isn't it? We And we we talk about this a lot because our day jobs is to deliver training and training is is important to both of us uh, and and important to businesses to share information and assure people know stuff. But I think sometimes people view training as a way to go, well, you sat on a course for two days, so <laughs> you know everything now. You've got full responsibility for it. And I don't think anyone ever sat a course and walked away the other side as a guru. No. It doesn't happen, right? It's no. a seed. And I, I, I mean, we, we see this, don't we? We see people going on training courses, you know, and, and suddenly it's, it's like... Um, you're now going to do the risk assessments for the whole organization. So you do like a three-day managing safety course. You're not suddenly Mr. Risk Assessor. You've done a training course. There is so much more that has to happen, mentoring and, and support and such that needs to go alongside that to actually make this a quality risk assessment and to fulfill the requirements in the regulations now we we haven't talked about risk assessment yet that's more going to come under the management of health and safety at work regulations section when we get to it um but again the fact that that says you have to have suitable and sufficient risk assessments and that people providing you with health and safety advice need to be competent so we we, we can't just go well i sent you on a two-day course how come you don't know everything (laughs) right (laughs) how can you not take full responsibility of, of health and safety actions in our business now Yes. Well, the other thing I think people people are under the the belief that if you send an employee on a training course, all of a sudden they can become responsible. Um, but if it's not as the law requires to the standard they require, which we shall discuss the wording when we get to it, you, you end up in court. You can't go, oh, well, I told Tom to do it and Tom went on a two-day course, so it's no one's fault but Tom. The no. judge isn't going to go, oh, okay, yeah, sure, it's Tom's fault instead. No. It's going to be... Down to the business as well. Yeah, of course it is. And so in this 
arrangement section, not the arrangement, sorry, the organization section, sorry. Um, you're also, as you said, you're going to identify things like key roles, like first aiders, appointed persons, fire wardens, those sorts of things as well. If you've got health and safety committees, what's the committee members expected to do? If you have safety representatives or representatives of employee safety, what are those, what are their roles and responsibilities? So I love to see this section of a policy because the statement of intent is the bit that we've all seen. It's that front cover almost to it. The, the one that's on the notice board. It's the one on the notice board. You yeah. often don't necessarily see the other bit of it or certainly not dotted around a work area. But the bit that sits behind it is that roles and responsibilities bit. And this, of course, helps us to identify, have we missed anything? Have we thought of all the key things? Have we thought about who's going to put in place emergency plans? Who's going to do the fire risk assessments? Those sorts of things. And making sure that anybody we allocate those tasks to has it also within their job description and is either competent or is enabled to be competent by the employer. It's um, It seems like, it sounds like, if I put myself in the shoes of someone listening that wants to start a business or has just started mm-hmm. a business and is is listening to us to support them along their journey, it does sound like a lot. But if you go onto the HSE website and look at the example that they've created it is it it is far more straightforward absolutely i would strongly suggest if you are uh in that position where you're starting up a business or you're suddenly thinking oh i probably should be doing some safety stuff um uh, or, or maybe you're new into safety and you're just kind of, you know, uh, dipping your toe in, go onto the HSE website, go onto the section that says basics for your business, which we've already talked about in the past. And on there you will see, um, I think it's about eight different minimum things that any business, any size, any nature needs. And this is where uh, Lindsay is talking about this section about the policy. It actually talks you through how to fill it in with a worked example. So it may sound complicated listening, but if you actually had it on screen whilst listening to us talking, you'd see how simple this can be. But of course, we've got a range of listeners. We've got people from all different types of working backgrounds. So we have to talk about the basics and the more complex versions as well. And it's also, it's not like you have this perfection to hit. You may write it and then come back to it in a couple of months and go, oh, do you know what, actually, I think I should have that in there as well. Or the business is going to grow and you're going to change it. You're not writing something and that's it. You're set and you can never go back and make any changes. It can be a working document. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No one's perfect. Of course, it's not always going to be right. Um, that that That's part of the course. It's about learning, isn't it? It's about, right. oh, let's add that little bit in. Let's update this, you know. Um, so you've got to start somewhere. So take the jump. Take that. Have a look at the website. HSE website, we adore it. I was, I was only today looking at it with some students. We found some new bits and pieces that I'd never found before. There was a section. Oh, it was great, actually. This was... Um, Oh, it was it was um, what to do if you have a worker coming back to work who's had prostate cancer. Oh, OK. And it was talking about things like the fact that they might need they might be wearing um, 
like um, I don't know what sanitary dressings. Okay. You know, um, and it was like thinking about that because typically in a, in a men's toilet, for example, there wouldn't necessarily be anywhere to put those things. So thinking about what are you going to do to, to support them back so they don't feel uncomfortable and embarrassed, yeah. you know? So there is so much on this website. It is phenomenal. It is know? phenomenal. That's such a good word for it. It is phenomenal. I love, I love it. it. I do, honestly... Every course I deliver, I'm going on there for something and to show something. Because it just, it's everything you need. Always. It's like a wardrobe that doesn't end. And I think, I mean, I was, I've been teaching the Nibosh General Certificate course this week. And obviously we've got textbooks, obviously PowerPoints and stuff. But I use a load of stuff on the HSE website because as a student as well, being familiar and comfortable with navigating this is going to serve you in, in good stead as well for, for exams and, and then onward into your career as well. Right. I wonder if the government um, would would give us gifts for mentioning the hsc.gov.uk yeah, I, so I, I think they're called bribes. Oh, darn it. <laughs> and there's a regulation for that as well, so that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's don't bribe or attempt to bribe an HSC inspector. <laughs> Oh, well, it's been uh, informative and educational and actually a right old laugh. Um, Why are you stopping there? Well, because, oh. You've forgotten the third section of the health and safety policy. Oh, yeah, arrangements. (laughs) Are you all right? You've been on that wine. No, do you know why? Because I've got it on that. I've got it on there. So I felt like I'd got to the end, but we haven't talked about it. No. Yeah, don't end just yet, love. Okay, well, I don't know. So we're just going to have to say, and I can find out why, which bit to cut from. So well, then got... I, I was trying to add lib it, so we didn't actually have to do that then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't have to cut any bit out, because leave no, it in. just leave it in. Don't worry about cut and pay. I think people would prefer just to know that we're human, and it's eight o'clock at night, we've worked all day, you know, we're old ladies. She forgot something, because you're human. Yeah, that's true. I am. (laughs) And I'm exhausted. So there is a third part of this policy. Oh, is there? (laughs) Sorry. sorry, I love that. I thought it was funny. That was very perky as well. So um, do you still have the legislation website up on your screen? No, I never have that up on my screen. Yeah, it is. Of course it's always (laughs) open. She's being really sarky now, isn't she? Um, Could you just... Could you just uh, reread that sentence for us again, if you don't mind? Are you trying to catch me out? No, no, no. Because no, I'm no. tired. You want me to read <laughs> and, and try and get it right for no. a second time with one comma in the whole. Ms. Okay. Mason, no. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay, days. <laughs> right, okay. Come on, Linz. It shall be the duty of every employer to prepare and, as often as may be appropriate, revise a written statement of his general policy with respect to the health and safety at work of his employees and the organisation and arrangements for the time being in force for carrying out that policy and to bring the statement and any revision of it to the notice of all his employees. Okay, so we've talked about the statement part. We've talked about the organisation part. The other section is the bit where you mentioned about arrangements, yeah? Yeah. So the arrangements bit is where you, this is then the sort of meat in the sandwich because you've said what you're going to do and you've said who you're going to, who's going to do it, but it's the what are we going to do? 
So how are we actually going to achieve those aims and objectives? So if you're um, one of your aims, your goals in the statement is I'm going to uh, reduce workplace stress or try and eliminate workplace stressors. How? What are you actually going to do? Well, I'm going to have a procedure. I'm going to have a policy. I'm going to have occupational health. I'm going to have mental health champions. I'm going to risk assess it. I'm going to train people. Those are your arrangements. It's detailing what we actually then need to get on and do the practicalities. So everything we've said we're going to do, we can now make it happen. Wouldn't it be great if someone wrote health and safety policy and in their training section, it said, we will train all staff uh, and provide them with appropriate training, but only delivered by Daisy Silcock and Lindsay Mason. I think there are some companies that do actually say that. There probably are. I mean, I've, I've got it's some so, companies so now that are literally years I've been training. There's one, one police force now that's three and a half years solid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But because, because I mean, people talk about high quality training and they think it's about having good slides and good handouts. But I, I completely disagree. I think it's a support system to have those things in place. But the right tutor delivering a message to people in the right way that actually engages them with health and safety is a game changer. Yeah, I I see it firsthand. I think on that, the the point you made about fancy slides, okay, have you ever been to somewhere and you've turned up and there's no power, there's no electric, there's no something or other? Yes. Yeah, of course. Every trainer has, right? You've gone to somewhere and you were told, oh, uh, you don't need a projector. We've got a TV screen. Actually, they haven't or it's broken. Yeah. So you have to go, okay, well, let's do it the old fashioned way. Let's get out a whiteboard or a whatever, you know. So that side of it, it's always nice to have bells and whistles and fancy things. But the two things that this trainer needs, they need knowledge and they need passion. Without those two things, everybody's going to be bored and they're not going to learn anything. So you have to have those two elements. And you can have knowledge and passion and not have any fancy PowerPoint presentations and goodness knows what. Because you've got to be able to put that message across in a way that people find interesting and informative. And of course, what you tell them has to be correct, up to date, you know, and, and that's where the knowledge comes from. Um, and, and that passion is something which I found as I got older, I become more passionate, more passionate about keeping people safe. Because the more cases you see of the same thing happening again and again and again and again. And it's just, it's the frustration that drives my passion. Uh, do you know what? I've never thought about it like that. But yeah, you're right. I just, I'm so, I just want to get this message across so strongly because people can genuinely make a difference. I think that's what makes me be as animated as I am. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've all, everybody, including the listeners, will have had some sort of training of any kind, any description, you know, whether it was a school or driving lessons or whatever, you know, where the person has lost the passion. And then that's really hard going. That's really hard going for them. It's really hard going as the student as well. And they need to they need to stop. They need to stop what they're doing 
and find something else, you know, um, because it's no good for anybody. And I've met people like that. My, the person that taught me Nibosh was like that. And that was not a fun experience, but it did make me think I can do better than this. Yeah. yeah. You know, and inspired me. That's why it's really difficult when companies just go on Google and search for training and they see who's the cheapest, who's the closest, uh, because you literally don't know what you're getting. You're literally putting your hand in a pick and mix box and hoping you don't take out the licorice. Hmm. Unless you really like licorice and then <laughs> you'd be quite chuffed. But I like licorice all sorts. I've not had one of those in oh. a while. Got, not even a while. It's got to be two decades for me. Like those coconut ones, you know, the circle with the coconut around the outside. I like those. The mushroom. No, proper licorice all sorts. Oh, you still talk like licorice all? I thought you were talking about a different. A licorice all sort with coconut around the outside. Yeah, they have. They have the little Is that a tiny... Welsh thing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. You can't say that. I'm not even actually Welsh. I live in Wales. I'm not actually Welsh. I just like No. That. Right, seriously, this is ridiculous. Uh, I think thing. I just think she's tired. I think that's I what it is. <laughs> so the so the arrangement section, just to wind up this section, the arrangement section then is thinking about the policies, the procedures, etc. It's all of those parts that we need to put in the workplace, you know, workplace inspections. It's this is the bit where you're stating the organization's arrangements for planning, organizing, controlling hazards, consulting with workers, communicating, monitoring, uh, reviewing. It's all of that in there. So it's going to be it, often what you'll see is it's not necessarily all written down because, you know, it'd be like war and peace in certain organizations. But what they might do is link that section they might say right well to find the arrangements section go on to the you know look at this page in the handbook or, or go on to our company intranet and see all of the risk assessments all of the procedures all of the training etc that we do uh, because there's obviously a big part of that would would be you know be pretty hefty to be honest so this is the how are we going to do it um, how are we going to make sure that those aims and objectives actually happen but it is really straightforward. So as an example, um, in the training section, they've got that they will give staff and subcontractors an induction and appropriate training. They've listed out a couple of specific safety training courses that they already know they're going to need, working at height, asbestos awareness, electrical safety. We will provide personal protective equipment. It's mm-hmm. straightforward as that, isn't it? It's not. There's no fancy stuff that's in there and no big words. It's literally... We will provide personal protective equipment. Yeah, we'll give you the shoes so you don't break your toes. Right. Yeah. yeah Which is absolutely. an arrangement for ultimately keeping you safe, keeping people safe. Yeah. yeah, and that's what the arrangements are. It's the arrangements to make it happen. So I, I, I do. I like looking at it on the HSE website because I think you know we always say some people learn this way, some people learn that way. So if you're listening and it all makes sense, amazing. Um, you can go and get a blank template to use if that's what you need. If you're listening and you think, okay, I'm I'm starting to get it, but I need to just look at it with my own eyes, then you've got the completed one that's on there. Um, and you'll also find a lot of businesses that will offer their services to support you in writing a policy as well. So that's an option if, if it's overwhelming or you've got a, 
an extra bit of cash that you're happy to flash around, then that's an option too. You don't have to do it yourself. The other thing to say is that, um, you know, if you want to see examples of other, you know, and there are some on the HSE website, obviously, as you've already mentioned, then um, a Google search. Because some organisations, certainly public sector organisations, for example, so things like um, NHS, um, police, uh, universities, that sort of thing, will have copies of their health and safety policies available to download. So you can always have a look at what everyone else is doing. You know, it's obviously not cribbit because you can't just copy and paste someone else's because that it means you won't make you won't be meeting the legal requirements and we're you know talking about criminal law here that needs to be complied with but it at least gives you some examples of other people what everyone else is doing so am i on the right line am i kind of following the right path as it were yeah i think that i think that works for some people as well you can read all of the information you want you can you can be told how to do it but sometimes you do just have to see it in practice and go okay i get it a bit more now because we're all different yeah absolutely i agree with you completely amazing well i think that's it from us isn't it it is ah until next time it's um it's been fun and educational and you know actually i think this episode has been a little bit more fun because sometimes it's difficult with the law when when you genuinely you know it is about keeping people safe and and there are some laws that we have to comply with otherwise there can be some serious implications it's difficult to always have a giggle so it was nice to be able to bring back a little bit of giggle for you guys yes and a bit of carry on yeah getting a deep voice now as well because it's late so i'm gonna (laughs) sign out sign out or sign off yeah both one of those yeah that means i'm gonna go to bed yeah yeah (laughs) um right well everybody you take care and keep safe and we'll see you on the next one see you soon bye bye